the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if you'll open it up, I'll come in. We tend to want to use that as a verse that shows that it's our decision to choose God. We'll explore the truth of it coming up next. Yeah, we are dead in our trespasses and sins, dead as in dead, dead. So it's going to be spiritually easy to get up and spiritually open that spiritual doorknob to let Jesus sin, right? Yeah. Let's talk about that today on Way of Grace as Pastor Jessica Stan continues our series, The Myth That Man's Will is Free. Now, we do have moral agency and decision-making processes, but to simply choose God out of our own free will? Here's Pastor Jesse with more. The myth that man's will is free to do anything he wants is not biblical. The myth that man's will is free to do anything that he wants is not biblical. So where is this idea coming from? What is the common retort among humanity in its own self-assessment? One is that man is basically good. You, you actually need to know that this is an underlying presuppositional framework that is unchallenged by almost everybody in the world. You won't go to anybody's school. You won't go to anyone's institution. You won't be part of any organization where they basically um, are touting man's fundamental goodness and they not assert two things, that man by nature is basically good. That is the basic assumption of our secular world system. That is not a biblical worldview. It is not a biblical worldview to say the pe- to people that by nature you are, are good. Um, it's not right to say to human beings that by nature you're right with God. But we, we might be inclined to say that because we're much more culturally driven than we are biblically driven. But a biblical Christian is to be armed to actually give a biblical worldview, particularly in opportunities where there is a misrepresentation of the nature of God or a misrepresentation of the nature of man. So the world can be divided into two major uh themes, a man-centered view of life, and a God-centered view of life. These are the two juxtapositions that dominate almost all presuppositional views about life. 
And you can kind of imagine that if mankind does actually believe that he is basically good, then you can also believe that man believes that man can basically do whatever he wants to do. That assumption only follows if the reality is, is that man is intrinsically and qualitatively good so that the fundamental drive of his, his being, his query, his, his, uh, his, uh, his pursuit in life is only really goodness. Then eventually what he's going to be able to do is achieve the good that he believes he has the capacity to do. I'm priming you. Um, for where we are today. And that is the assumption that mankind has the right and the ability and the power to become whatever he wants to become. So I'm leading you to show you that the subject matter of man's free will is not the way we used to think it many decades ago when we didn't make a direct correlation between the mere theoretical arguments. Some of you guys know what I'm talking about. Some of you guys go way back with me when we would argue against Arminianism over against Calvinism or Pelagianism over against Augustinianism, which were historic roots in the church where the early patristic fathers debated what does the Bible teach about the basic qualities of humanity and, and the two streams of thought would be, well, the Bible says that there is none good so that there is a real deficiency in the human makeup at the psychological and at the spiritual and therefore at the social level. That's what the Bible would say. Then other theologians would say, no, man is not totally bad. He still has some qualities about him that are fundamentally good, like he will help the old lady across the street if she needs it. Or if you see, if he sees somebody in duress, he might seek to rescue them. We see acts of uh, the milk of human kindness working everywhere in the world. And so you'll hear that kind of what is called humanistic observation of humanity. And what you're looking at are people viewing the world from two lenses, from what God says versus what human beings say. So again, you see an individual who has enough uh, philanthropic care to see somebody struggling on the streets and he or she or they go over and they give them some food and they give them some clothing and they, they help them out in a situation where those people are in somewhat of a dire strait. And you and I go, that was good. And, 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 and we would be presupposing to be right at a certain level, at the level of an act, but not at the level of motive. Because while a person can do an act that is defined by us empirically, objectively as good, it may be that from the level of their motive, God sees something in their action that in God's mind is a gross transgression against his will. Is that possible? All right. So what I'm doing is helping you understand how quickly you and I judge according to the appearance rather than righteous judgment. This is John's Gospel, chapter 724. I just want to milk your thought. And the reason why I know I have to do this 
is because we have been so pervasively influenced by so many optics and so many events and so many arguments and so many things that you might have a hard time trying to convince people that biblically the condition of the heart of mankind before God is that it is evil and wicked continually notwithstanding all of the altruistic things you may see him do in the human race. So we uh, read the language of Jesus in Matthew chapter 15. I'll just start right there in Matthew 15, start at verse 5. You've heard the language before, but I want you to see what Jesus says, and I want to pick up on where we are. But again, I'm nurturing your thoughts. Here's what Jesus would say as he reminds his disciples of the of the condition of, of mankind. He, uh, he's teaching um, in Matthew chapter 15. I'm going to start at verse, uh, verse 18. But those things which proceed out of the mouth, they come forth from the what? And they defile the man. And here's the language. For out of the heart proceedeth evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witnesses and blasphemes. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashing hands defile not a man. Jesus says in the gospel of Mark in that same language, all manner of evil. And then Jeremiah reminds us in Jeremiah chapter 17, nine, you've heard it before that the heart of man is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Now, notice what he does with that last line. He says, you and I can't know the heart. The heart is like a deep well. And in it are all kinds of malicious and selfish motives, drives, and aspirations. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately what? Right. So that's an indictment by God concerning the nature of our hearts, right? And then again, you remember Genesis 6, verse 5. Here it is. I want you to see a few verses so we can work these things through. You remember God destroyed the earth in the beginning of time with the flood, did he? All right. So now most of your scholars do not believe in the flood. Now, it's convenient not to believe in the flood, because if you don't believe in a flood, then you don't have to believe in a God that judges. And you don't have to believe in a God that judges sin. And therefore, you don't have to believe in the assessment that God made that predicated the flood. So here's the assessment. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thought of his heart was only evil continually. Now, how many of you have never seen these verses before? It's important for you to know. Good, good. I'm helping you understand that God has given an analysis of the attitude and conduct of mankind all throughout Scripture. Here's another one, Psalm 14. Psalm 14, of course, this is going to be Romans chapter 3, but you can start at Psalm 14, maybe around verse 1 or 2, um, so we can see. The fool has said there is no God. That's a fundamental predisposition of the world today. Would you agree with that? Now, God calls them foolish. Now, notice what it says. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. This is God's assessment of humanity. 
There is none that doeth good. So now that is what is called an absolute statement. So here's what God says about humanity. There is none that doeth good. You guys believe your Bible? Right. So if you believe your Bible, now what you're stuck with is an assessment on God's part about the behavior and attitude of humanity that runs completely counter to the narrative of humanity. Because according to Proverbs, every man will proclaim his own goodness. So why we started the series on the uh, myth of man's free will having the ability to do anything he wants is not biblical, is to work through what I consider a main thread of deception that has led humanity to where we are today, to where we think we can actually redefine ourselves even at the scientific and genetic level. And I'm sharing with you the only reason we have gotten as far we are as we have as human beings thinking that we have the right to change our body parts and re to redefine our own gender and redefine our own sexuality is because we have not been checked at the door of the false assumption that man is basically good. Do you guys got that? And, and Christians have done a horrible job too because most Christians acquiesce to the Pelagian Arminian view that man is basically good. And when you use that language, you're actually leaving the door open for the rebellion of humanity on the faulty presupposition that he is good when God says he is not. Y'all follow what I'm saying? All right. So it's important to notice. Now, what we did in our outline on uh, Friday was we asserted uh, as Jesus taught in the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 34, that mankind is not a free moral agent able to do what he or she wants to do um, as if they uh, are not in control or controlled by some outside or exterior power. Mankind, Jesus says, if ye is a practicer of sin, whosoever commits sin is the what of sin? Right. And that literally is the word slave, doulos, slave of sin. And we raised the question. So my first proposition was lost humanity is a slave. That means he's in, t in bondage. Is that not right? He's in bondage to another. He is in bondage to another. Now, again, that smacks totally different than what the secular world would say. So we read Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, to give a corollary on this. And notice what it says in Ephesians 2, 1. And you <laughs> that used to be dead, who were, in, who were dead in trespasses and sins, verse 2, where in time past you walk according to the course of this world, that is the systems of this world, the ways of this world, the views of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. The spirit that now does what? Work in the children of what? Disobedience. So now, either we are children of obedience or we're children of disobedience. Is that true? Now what Paul said here is, 
children of disobedience are governed by a spiritual system. And we know that system is satanic. And so what we say is that if you're not a child of God, you're not just free to do whatever you want to do. You're in control by a spiritual power that is undetected on your part. And it's actually driving you to do its own bidding. We were in that way before. I was part of the children of disobedience, doing exactly like the world did, thinking like the world, acting like the world, behaving like the world. We saw this on Friday, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24 and 25. Listen to it. I'm going to milk you, and then we're going to go into our propositions. I hope I have enough time to do a little Q&A, but we certainly will do it Friday. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24. Now, the servant of the Lord, in this context, he's a pastor, teacher, must not strive. That means when you're engaging people with biblical truth and you're trying to share with them what biblical truth says, you will get opposition from them. And notice what it says. But be gentle unto all men, and you must be capable of teaching. And in that, you need to be patient. Now, look at verse 25. In meekness, maintaining a sense of control over yourself so that as you share with other people, it's not about you. And this is critically important to persuading people if God would help. Instructing those that do what? Oppose themselves. Today, right now, you have a major battle going on in your world around, again, the issue of gender. This is huge. Matt Walsh just made a movie called What is a Woman? Every Christian should see it because the fact that we are now contemplating the inability to define humanity within the simple context of empirical science means that we have lost our way really, really bad. And the Christian should not think that this is merely a kind of cerebral exercise where you get to choose to believe it or not. There are major losses to be had if our culture ultimately is permeated by this view. You, there are major losses to be had if you and I don't know that we cannot just stand back and let it become policy everywhere because people are losing their job. They're being kicked out of colleges and universities. They're being punished and people like myself will go to jail. If we simply oppose what we know is unscientific, illogical, irrational, anti-historical, anti-social, and anti-biblical, we know this. So I'm bringing up the subject matter of what I consider the most difficult concept to understand, and that is the faculty of the will. Because the faculty of the will is at the heart of your identity in many ways, and is certainly at the grounds of your expression as a human being, meaning it is the faculty of choice making. And where you and I will just sit back and go, well, people have the freedom to choose good or evil, right and wrong. People have the power to do or not do good or do right or do wrong. No, you do, you're not looking carefully at the scenario to see that God has made an assessment about that. 
So now, you guys know we have been exercising our senses over the last couple of years around postmodernism, right? So this is what I've taught you a couple of years ago. I'm going to put it at you again. How you perceive a thing does not equal the reality of the thing you perceive. Your perception does not correspond to reality. It might be possible that your perception actually facilitates the reality that exists. But your perception is not itself reality. And it's a good possibility that we frequently walk in misperceptions of reality. And humanity is being trained to misperceive reality as a natural pathological quality. How do we know? Because the Bible tells us that the whole world lies in the lap of the wicked one. First John chapter 5, verse 19. And what that means is mankind is constantly being lied to and he's constantly believing the lie, is he not? Right, so now if that's true, if we're being constantly lied to, and we're constantly believing the lie, is it possible that we could be free in our volition to make choices, right or wrong or good or bad, without some kind of predetermining, preconditioned, some kind of pre-influential powers driving our decision-making? It's impossible that our wills would be free living in a vacuum or a void so that our choices are made without some kind of preconditioned prejudices. Does that make some sense? It's impossible. It's impossible. And in fact, sociology would prove that. In my Monday show, I talked about this last night, what is called predictable programming. Does anybody know anything about predictable programming? You ought to, because you grew up in it. Every movie you ever watched was designed to predict a programmable outcome in your life. Every movie you watched, every program you watched was designed to shape the way you thought and elicit outcomes on your part, emotionally, psychologically, or otherwise. And because we do know within the realm of sociology that big tech has already proven that it can sway people to the tune of tens of millions to vote in a particular direction because of the hypersuggestivity of the videos and the presentations and the news flashes and the images that your mind is receiving 24-7 a day. Am I making some sense? So here's my argument, that you don't have a volitional faculty of choice-making that is impervious to influence. In fact, the very opposite is true. You and I are influenced one way or the other, by good or by evil, by the flesh or by the spirit, to make choices that we think are right, that could be absolutely diametrically uh, contrary to the truth. Does that make some sense? Right. So now what that means is that the idea of men's will being free is not true. So our first proposition, lost man is a slave. The second one is he is only really free humanity to sin. Um, that's a simple proposition 
but I want you to be able to begin to work with it. He's only free to sin in this sense. <clears throat> you do have a will. It is free, but it's only free to operate in a particular direction with a particular bit for a particular outcome because of the condition of your nature. Well, you are listening to Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand from Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. Closing out our time together today, we invite you to reach out to us. Let us know how the program encourages you in your walk with Christ. Questions, comments, prayer requests are always welcome. You can either write to us, give us a call, or stop by our website and drop us an email. Now, the best place to go, of course, is the website. Not only will you be able to write to us via email, you'll be able to get more information about who we are, what we believe, worship times, how to get here. Grace-Bible.com is our website. Again, that's Grace-Bible.com. If you wish to give us a call, the number is 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. If you're writing to us, our address is 22768 Main Street. That's 22768 Main Street. Here in Hayward, the zip code 94541. That's 22768 Main Street, Hayward, California, 94541. One final note as we close out our time today, this program is listener-supported. If you wish to partner with us, we would be more than grateful. This broadcast airs throughout the Bay Area as well as online, impacting thousands for the sake of Christ. And that is our hope and our goal. If you'd like to partner with us along those lines, feel free to write or give us a call. No gift is too large, no gift too small, whether a one-time gift or a monthly support. You're more than welcome to reach out. We would love to partner with you as we minister the gospel of Jesus to the Bay Area and the World Wide Web. Thank you for spending time with us today. Until next time, may Christ be your way of grace. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.